Peyton. I'm Maite. And, and this is, is Comicsverse. Jean Grey's most recent resurrection has been a pretty hot topic in the comic book world for basically the last year and a half since Phoenix Resurrection came out, which boggles my mind because I can't believe Phoenix Resurrection came out over a year ago. It feels like it came out like yesterday, but I digress. We have a fantastic squad of panelists today. We have Peyton from Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Hi, Peyton. Hey. And we have me, Maite, in Raleigh, North Carolina. And we're going to talk about Jean Grey. Specifically, why this girl is always dying. So, Peyton, why is she always dying? Well, it's a hot topic for a lot of fans. I know a lot of people get pretty angry over the fact that she's always dying. They think it's kind of a cheap cop-out, etc., etc. I mean, I think there's always, like, a need for a character to be this, like, overdramatic person who's, like, always taken the, the hits and, like fallen for the team and i think that's just Jean. like she takes that dramatic spot and that's her place in the world but i feel like now we're not seeing that as much like in well she is like super over dramatic in x-men red but i think she's starting <laughs> to like work her way into just being a normal person yeah that's what i was thinking about yesterday when i was reading and song and i was just thinking about the consequences of each death that she's had and I think about the character traits that she's picked up on after each death and because we were just talking about you know has each death gotten cheapened you know with each death you know but yeah I I was thinking about X-Men Red and it's like if we if she hadn't died back in what 2003 we wouldn't have gotten the character that she's becoming an X-Men Red like yeah she was super I mean we had a whole podcast about this how she can be really dramatic and just say like this is I have to do this on my own I'm like really (laughs) like do you have to do this on your own a large team of people like <laughs> like you have literally an entire like army of mutants like, <laughs> we digress but i guess i can segue into just talking about peter david when i spoke to him at new york comic con and we were talking about character resurrections and whether or not continuously killing off a character and bringing them back is a cheap move and whether it kind of mitigates the meaning of death in comics and he said that with each death a character loses a piece of their soul. So there's going to be a point where if they keep dying, their soul shatters, which gets me thinking about Horcruxes and Harry Potter, but that's a totally different topic. So anyway. <laughs> so in the context of Jean, you know, has her repeated deaths and subsequent resurrections cheapened the consequences of each death? I think just from like a reader's perspective. Yeah. Readers are like expecting her to die. Yeah. Because they've seen it so many times before. And I mean, it's like a joke. Like people like joke about yeah. it. So I think every time it does happen, it it does sort of like become a little cheaper. I think for Jean, it's like after every death and her subsequent resurrection via the Phoenix, I feel like she for a long time was slowly becoming like less and less human. And that kind of goes to like what you were saying, like losing pieces of her soul and exchanging them for pieces of like the Phoenix. Because then we get in that last time when she's in New X-Men and she's pretty much like more Phoenix than Jean by that point she's kind of like become this being that's not who she was before she's not even really human and then that was kind of like the fine I would I would say that's like kind of like her final death was in New X-Men yeah um, I agree. and then we have like where she's pretty phoenixed up in in song <laughs> but also not she's also like really herself too which is cool yeah I actually found well I think firstly Ensong gave a lot of I don't know about humanity to Phoenix but it gave Phoenix its own character yeah it's kind of creepy because it's like oh yeah you know oh i'm so in love with you scott like okay like slightly dis like (laughs) well going back to what you said about gene being less human and towards the event of her second third death in new x-men question mark because you had the uncanny x-men 281 but she didn't really die right 
Yeah. Was no, like are you talking about when she like transferred her consciousness to Emma's body? Yes. 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 I guess she technically died. And then she technically also died when Thanos killed everyone. Question mark. Like, oh man. So that's like four. Yeah. So, but that one doesn't really count. Well, Hashtag yeah, Avengers in game. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag ad. No, just kidding. Sponsored content. <laughs> Going back to what you said about her being less human in New X Men towards the event of her second, third, fourth, whatever death it was. Do you think that's kind of what makes X Men Red such a compelling story? Is because she kind of gets agency over her. She gets agency over her humanity again. Absolutely. Yeah, I think if you're like wanting to see that difference too like go back and read new x-men when like even emma frost is like who are you like you're not even gene anymore like who is this person and then her being like really cold and calculated and then going to the gene in x-men red who is like typically like over dramatic gene who we love but like but she definitely reason, has you know she, she has, has a yeah, good she heart has, she has like a strong sense of humanity and like she actually cares about i feel like individuals more where phoenix is all like bigger ideas her first death. Why do you think they wanted to kill innocent, sweet little Marvel girl? Really like the only... She was like the X-Men who was a girl, you know? Especially at that time because it was like, yeah, Storm was there but she was kind of like new and like, you know... People don't yeah. really like trust her yet. Yeah. But she was the only like original founding member of the X-Men who was a girl. Why would they want to like mutilate her like this? Question mark. Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I'm thinking about when was this? This was 1980. Yeah. Right. What did Marvel, when did they kill off Gwen Stacy? That's did a good mean? idea. I'll look at her. Because I was thinking about the reasons why they kill off Gwen Stacy. And I'm pretty sure one of them was as a way to not darken Spider-Man, but kind of implement a little bit of a shock factor and just kind of bring some realism to the story and i wonder if yeah they kind of that was in that. yeah that was in 1973 okay. so claremont definitely could have like saw that and yeah considered well, it. yeah i think about the 80s in general and it was i think it was a big turning point for comics in general i mean there's a lot of notable darker stories that came out in the 80s you have like watchmen dark knight returns etc so i wonder if you know they killed her off to kind of bring a little bit of that darker realistic aspect to the story but then you think about why did they specifically kill off marvel girl why did they kill off i don't know cyclops <laughs> yeah someone else i mean that's maybe because she was the one you wouldn't want to see experience that it was like more painful more um, yeah you'd have more empathy towards her death yeah i mean i think that's totally true i mean she was definitely like an innocent emblem sort of yeah so i feel like when they they did kill her off for the first time. It was like a big shocker. It's hard for us to say that because it's like, it's happened. we didn't read it when <laughs> it came out. Like <laughs> we know that she dies multiple times yeah. because it's crazy dark Phoenix and stuff. But yeah, I think at the time it was like a big, powerful move. And I, Claremont talks about, it, especially with like dark Phoenix and Jean dying in the end of dark Phoenix or not Jean dying in the end of dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix <laughs> dying in the end of Dark Phoenix about how powerful a move that was on his part of saying like, you know, this girl was like corrupted. She killed a lot of people. She, you know, hurt her teammates and then she died and that was it. So I think that's like a really like real story. It's not yeah. like sugarcoated at all. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I think that's kind of what they were going for. I mean, when you say shock factor, I think a lot of times, or like when people say shock factor, I think people interpret that as kind of a cheap entertainment value 
sort of method. But I think in the context of this, it was more of a way to shake up the Marvel universe too and kind of shake up comics and subvert people's expectations too. You know, we both said, I mean, coming into my experience with comics, Dark Phoenix Saga was one of the first X-Men comics I read. So, you know, like you said, it wasn't much big shock. Yeah. Uh, you know, be like, oh, Jean Grey dies. It's like, yeah, I mean, that's like one of the most like notorious aspects of X-Men comics. It's like she dies and she dies again and then she comes back and she dies again but it is interesting to I mean you got to talk to Claremont right like one yeah. on one so you got to get his perception of it and I can't imagine what it was like in the 80s experiencing this and totally not expecting it I mean like you said sweet little Marvel girl you know suddenly being engulfed by this cosmic entity where she kills like all these people you're, I just can't imagine like what, what's going on like <laughs> yeah and then in the end her like dying and being like yeah. oh snap like this is it like <laughs> And I think, well, that's what Claremont wanted that death to be like very final. Like he wanted it to be like, wow, really? Yeah. He was so mad when someone introduced the idea of Jean coming back. Yeah. When did she come back after Dark Phoenix Saga again? When did she come back? She came back in this weird uh, issue of Fantastic Four. We like pull her up. (laughs) And she's like, oh "Oh my God. (laughs) What I miss? She's literally like wearing the same clothes that she'd been wearing years ago. It's a really weird issue. She's so typically over dramatic. She's like, oh my God, like my dress is so short. Like, <laughs> like really, Jean, that's what you're concerned about? I'm trying to, yeah, I mean, if I was Claremont, I think I'd be a little annoyed too. Like, because you literally establish this event that you want to be poignant, that you want to be lasting. And then someone else is like, uh, we're going to bring her back. It's going to subvert, like, you know, a lot of the impact that you want to make. Yeah. And I think he's like critical of all the other like deaths and resurrections too yeah but i mean with jean you can't really like leave her dead for that long yeah the amount of time that they left her dead after new x-men was insane like those years of comics which i mean a lot of stuff happened in the x-men during that time a lot of like important events obviously like avengers versus x-men civil war yeah (laughs) avengers versus inhumans all that stuff or x-men versus inhumans and she wasn't there for like any of it yeah even though she was like one of the founding x-men and was like so important that's kind of crazy yeah we were talking about this before we started i mean how there is a relatively big gap between her death and new x-men 150 and Phoenix Resurrection, that was about like 13 years. Like that's a pretty long, that's a pretty long time. And like, you know, forget about teen gene. That doesn't count. Does not count. <laughs> Does not count. Will never count. <laughs> you know, and you have End Song in 2005, but obviously that, you know, that doesn't count either because she was still dead technically. I remember reading someone's comment about like, because people were like, bring back Jean, bring back Jean. And like, obviously they did. But one person was like, you know, I think like Jean is at her most powerful when she's just like a memory for people and like this sort of like thought that people have because I feel like throughout all of the 2000s X-Men comics she does kind of live behind the scenes in a way I mean Emma's constantly mentioning her because she kind of is like (laughs) a third person in her and Scott's relationship for Um, sure so I think she is a very powerful character when she's just kind of like living there as like this monument. But at the same time, I mean, I want her alive. So yeah, I mean, I think that very perspective is one of the reasons why I think Ensong is such a good arc. I know you and I yeah. both like love Ensong. And it's because like, not only does it give a sort of 
character development of the Phoenix Force itself, but also gives Jean, like preserves Jean's legacy in a, in a way and it characterizes her memory too. And I think it also gives talking about, you know, death and resurrection and how it can be cheapened. I think it, it presents death as something that's not necessarily binary, you know, because she, I think, is it an end song where she says like, she's still looking for pieces of herself? But then I get yes. to see your face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think to kind of counter the argument that like repeated deaths can cheap in it i think it's also the way in which that transitional period of death up to a character's resurrection in this case gene how that process is treated and i think ensong i mean it gives a nuance to the phoenix itself and again it kind of presents gene going through a crossroads a transition embarking on a new beginning and even kind of resolving her own identity which is something that we get in x-men red you know this new inter- new iteration of gene yeah so, yeah, I'm basically talking about how great Ensong is and why I think it's great. So, <laughs> no, that's a really interesting question, though. Like, is death gene, like you said, like binary? Like, it, well, is she really dead? Like, she's not really yeah. dead ever. Yeah. You know, like, gene <laughs> never actually never died. <laughs> she really isn't. Like, we see in, well, like a new X Men. This is why I didn't really like Phoenix Resurrection because it totally goes against everything that happens after Jean's death in New X-Men where they have that whole yeah. arc that it's like whatever like 600 years later or whatever 300 years later and she's like the white phoenix yeah I mean in, in song too it doesn't make sense the little like egg phoenix egg thing that happens in yeah. phoenix resurrection I hated that whole thing but in either case she wasn't really dead she's like hibernating <laughs> Uh, yeah. Some incubating I, if it's an egg. Yeah, I have I had so many thoughts with that reveal because when I find out Gina was coming back, I was like, yeah, it's like, what's gonna happen? And then I re- reading the first issue and I was like, what the hell is like going on? Like there's like these creepy kids and yeah. Like, you it was know, dumb. And, like there's Jean, but she's working at a diner. Like what? And then like, I realized they only, they only had like five issues to like, <laughs> you know, tell us what was, what was going on. And then I don't know, whoever discovered the egg and it's like, they're incubating Jean for the Phoenix. <laughs> and I'm like, this is so dumb. I did like that it was, this is just my pure, like pure personal yeah, no. bias, but like when I think the X-Men go and they're like trying to find like where the egg would be and like Emma's the only one who knows and I'm yeah. like, yes, that's so <laughs> true. She would be like. <laughs> we really need to talk about, we need, really need a podcast on Emma Frost. Yes. I would love to talk about Emma. I, I read her, this is like totally off topic, but I read her like origin saga that was awesome. oh her like series like the Emma yeah yeah yeah, well, I thought, yeah. It's, that was a, it's sad yeah it is sad yeah I mean I think it's kind of like a trying to make her a lot more like sympathetic of a character yeah wicked sort of thing I like when she's like bad sometimes oh yeah I think we all do <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I like talking about like I liked the last issue of Phoenix Resurrection I thought that was neat I liked um, her costume I loved her costume. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was like, oh, they just like changed the colors. But I was over here like snapping, like, yes. Like, <laughs> looks so good. So unique. Like, <laughs> original, so innovative. Good. Yeah. I liked, I mean, I liked the bit with Scott. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, though, I, yeah, I remember I was like reviewing that series and I was just like roasting it. <laughs> like, what is going on? You can't have a series where it's like for four issues telling them like pretty much nothing. And then yeah. in the last issue, like explosion of way too much information. It's just yeah. not a good series. It was just, I feel like it was clearly just like a setup for X-Men Red. It was just like a way to bring her back to life so that they could do X-Men Red. And like, you know, yeah. X-Men Red was great, which I think brings me back to like another point I wanted to make. And it was like, and that point was, I guess, without 
her last death, and we were just talking about how death may not necessarily be binary in the comic book world as we see an end song. And without her latest death and without her previous deaths, we wouldn't have gotten the iterations of Jude we have gotten in X-Men Red and, you know, whatever came after her first death or second death, whatever death it was. So do you think that Jean's going to die again? And if so, who do you think she'll be after that next death? I mean, do you think it's inevitable? I think her becoming the Phoenix again is inevitable. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) I really do. And I think it's because, I mean, her character is just like, she's so intrinsically linked to the Phoenix. Yeah. Like she can't really like, I hated, hated the scene where she's like, go Phoenix, be free. And oh he's my like, God. okay. Like, that was I'm so stupid. Like, <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, they have been through so much and they're like, that's like the reason that when she dies, she doesn't really die. Is yeah. Because for a while, we, I think we all thought that like the Phoenix and Jean were connected. Yeah. More than like, you know, normal. I mean, do you want to see, like, do you want to see her in the Phoenix live it up again? Or is it something, or do you like want more time just with Jean? Because I think yeah. with X-Men Red, like I loved how it was just Jean and Jean alone. And, you know, Jean as a leader, Jean independent from the Phoenix. Yeah. No, I really like Jean just like doing her own thing and not being with the Phoenix because, I mean, we did see her with the Phoenix a lot in her lifetime. So, but at the same time, like sometimes I just miss that Jean from like New X-Men who's just like cold and like so calculated and like giving Emma Frost a run for her money. Like, I love that version of her. So if they did bring her back again, I hope we'd get like a serious badass gene. That's yeah. that's all I can say. Yeah. I definitely don't think that's going to happen yeah. anytime soon. I, I say that and only tomorrow they're going to announce like the return of the Phoenix, like a five issue miniseries. Yeah. I think right now they're having a fun time, like playing with her character. And yeah. I don't think they have any plans for that. It'll will literally just be like, all right, how many years has it been since we talked about the Phoenix? All right, we got to talk about the Phoenix. Like, because they love to. I mean, Marvel loves the Phoenix. Yeah, that's totally true. I remember reading like the Teen Gene uh, solo series and the issue where it's like revealed that like she had this voice in her head. Wait, no, that was older Jean that was in her head. Oh my God, that was so crazy. Can we talk about whether that ghost, what was that? And why did no one ever explain it? Like, was it really Jean or was it just like her hallucinating? That's a fantastic question because I've wondered, like there's so many things in the teen Jean like solo run that I feel like we're not resolved. Yes, there was that stupid scene where it was like older Jean and younger Jean and she was like we need to talk and they never talked okay wait yeah right because the series the teen Jean series ended like there right yeah she was like we need to have a talk and they didn't talk <laughs> or they did we just weren't there to see it they should definitely yeah. feel like she should talk <laughs> Oh, wait, that's, that's like hilarious. It's like, I like forgot, like, I remember like, I, that really bothered me because I thought I was going to see that. And like, almost like, was it in another like X-Men line that we just missed? They had like a really brief conversation in X-Men Blue where I'm pretty sure, I mean, I don't want to be like quoted on this, but I'm pretty sure it's just like Teen Jean being like, yeah, I think we're going to go back. And Adult Jean's like, yeah, that's a good idea. And like, <laughs> that's it. Thank God though. Yeah. <laughs> But I wanted some like, I don't know, you know, maybe like try not to die so much, Teen Jean. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I was thinking the same exact thing because they built it up too. I'm like, oh, this is kind of cute. Like older Jean and Teen Jean, like they're going to have a conversation. Maybe like give her some words of advice, like don't die. Yeah, they never told us about that. Ghost Jean was like, she was pretty bitchy. I was just thinking about like. Yeah, with Emma. She was bitchy. Yeah. 
I'm like, yeah, I think because she was like, she was also wearing her like new X-Men garb. Which yeah. I thought was pretty a smart move because yeah. that's totally like her new X-Men personality when yeah. she was like pretty, pretty harsh. But yeah. Argo so, is real? I don't know. That's a whole nother <laughs> podcast because I have opinions. I think my childhood home is haunted, but not by Jean, unfortunately, by like legit ghosts, but that's a whole nother conversation. I um, wish my house was haunted by Jean. Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> but, Phoenix will burn away. Oh my. That's uh, just Jean. <laughs> that's just Jean being don't, don't worry about her. Like you have people over. Like, just don't worry about her. She's just, she's just ranting. So we've talked about how many different perceptions or how many different portrayals of Jean there have been after each death, before each death. So who is Jean to you? Like, what is her most authentic character? Or at least where did you, like, at least what, you know, what arc or what resurrection did you feel was the most authentic to who Jean truly is? Because I know you talk about how you kind of like the Jean that has a little bit of, you know, little Phoenix fire. Yeah. Little Phoenix fire, you know, a little, little, little bite to her. And yeah, we talk about how, but we also really like her, character in x-men red for sure uh, even even though she's a little dramatic but you know aren't we all sometimes like come on well i like <laughs> the gene in x factor which was like a really kind of poorly done but also amazing series from the 80s and that actually spurned i was just reading that marvel had this idea to create this x factor series with the founding members of the x-men and at that time gene was still dead yeah so part of the reason that they wanted to bring her back was so they could have this team and it would actually be all the founding members. Yeah. So that gene is sort of like, it's just pure gene. There's no Phoenix. She's kind of like newly resurrected. And I think it's just like a really like innocent and like nice portrayal of gene. Like yeah. just like a nice girl in that series. And I kind of like that. <laughs> I mean, after reading like dark Phoenix, you kind of want a gene that's like not going to like eat a planet, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's all you ask. <laughs> Is her hair color accurate and expected? No. no, it's not the best. You know, it's not the best. <laughs> best hair color gene is definitely Dark Phoenix Saga. We can all agree on that. It's pretty orange in X Factor. That's what we don't want to see. I think it's so funny that all y'all like know that I get pissed off about that in my reviews. It's too... Okay. Is X Factor... Does she wear like a red and yellow? I haven't read the X Factor. Suits. Yes, it's like uh, it's, red and yellow. Yes, like the ugliest suit you can imagine. This is quite hideous, I must admit. It's a bad costume. It's like an inversion of like Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Of like her Dark Phoenix suit, but it's like, it's just weird. It's just kind of awkward. I do see the orange hair. Okay. Orange. You know, and it's not as bad as I've seen though. Like X-Men Red. <laughs> worst, worst Jean hair is definitely Teen Jean. Teen Jean series. She was looking rough. She should never have I, a bolt cut. Like, what I, the hell? I hated, I hated the haircut. That was like the worst part. <laughs> like, who designed this character? Like, no. Yeah. At first I thought like, okay, it's kind of sassy. Yeah. And then I was like, I don't know. As I went on, I'm kind of just like... What's also the point of all of this? <laughs> just, I don't know. Teen Jean. We could have a whole podcast where you just shit on Teen Jean and I feel no mercy. Yeah. I think when I first read it, I was like, this is kind of fun. Yeah. And then I'm looking back and I'm just literally like, what was the point of any of that? <laughs> it was literally like, okay, we haven't had Jean for a really long time. We don't want to resurrect her because we don't want to become this like 
prop. But so like, they resurrect her like a year later. Yeah. <laughs> and or then, a couple well, years later. Well, yeah. Well, Bendis was like, all right, we'll bring in Teen Jean. And then everyone was like, this is complete garbage. And they were like, all right, we have to do something. Like, <laughs> talk about cheap. Like, that's a cheap move. Like, for me. Oh, yeah. Like, you know. Oh, it's a cheap move. Yeah. It's a cheap move. I mean, that's kind of goes with the whole time displaced team, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't know. That's just, that's just my opinion. Like, I'm kind of happy they went back. I'm, I'm kind of. I'm happy they went back to their timeline. <laughs> so I know you really like Phoenix in song. Yeah, that's obvious. Why do you think it needed to be written? Like, why couldn't they have just said, okay, Jean's not even like relevant. We're not going to bring her back in and talk about her. Like, yeah. she's dead. I think like, say, I, mean, I obviously read Ensong song for the first time, not when it came out. I read it. I want to say like a couple of years ago for the first time. And in the context of the timeline of everything that happened after her death in New X-Men, you can't help but think like, oh, this is just, again, a convenient way to bring Jean into the story without actually bringing her into the story. Like you were just talking about with Teen Jean. And that didn't happen when I read it. For me, it, it didn't feel convenient. It felt like, as I said before, it was a way to bring nuance to the Phoenix itself. And also show, give a glimpse into Jean Grey's journey and crossroads in death. So I think why it was written in the first place. I mean, I like to think it's for those very reasons to also, like I said before, kind of preserve the memory of Jean Grey and kind of exemplify that memory amongst her teammates, you know? And I think also it showed that death wasn't an end, you know, for Jean. I mean, I think, I don't know at the time how readers felt, but I feel like when Jean dies, you know, she's going to come back at some point. So I think with that, it showed that Jean was in a process of like redefining herself and reestablishing her identity, which I, I know I've said before um, today. And I mean, that's one of the very reasons why I love it so much is because it it makes her, even though whatever number death it was, it made it have meaning despite the fact that she's died so many times. And you know, who knows, like the next time she dies, like, you know, it might not have that meaning. It might feel convenient. It might feel cheap, but with, in regard to the death and new X-Men and, I think without Ensong, it wouldn't really have had that elevated poignancy to it because we got to understand where Jean was in death and how she was still looking for pieces of herself, how she interpreted the Phoenix Force and such. So Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I mean, without Phoenix Ensong... We just wouldn't have as much of like a nuanced understanding of the Phoenix, but we also wouldn't have as much of like a nuanced understanding of Jean herself and what she went through after dying, of course, in New X-Men. It was such a long time without Jean at that for those like 12 years or whatever. Yeah. I wonder if people, when they were reading Phoenix Song, when did that come out? Do you know what year that came out? 2005. So, okay, that's literally like a year after she died. Yeah. So I bet people read that and were like, okay, she's going to come back soon. Like yeah. she's going to find that like missing piece and she's going to roll back in. Jokes <laughs> on you. She didn't like, yeah. that must have been yeah. like so upsetting. Yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah. I mean, especially just how emotional Ensign was, you know, it's like it packs a punch and then literally like you're left hanging <laughs> for 12 years. That final scene where Scott like takes off his glasses. Yeah. It's too much. It's, it's, it's all. I don't know when everyone's like telling her that like they love her. Oh, oh my, my gosh! God. Yeah, Emma's like, look at all the like people you have. Yeah, I mean, like that very like sequence is kind of what we were talking about. How like her memory is yeah. very much alive, you know, and like even in death, Jean Grey is still a dynamic and active character amongst the X Men. Well, especially too. I was just thinking they named the institute after her. Yeah. So it was like every time you was you were like reading an X-Men comic where the Jean Grey Institute showed up, you would think of her and like 
think of what she went through and everything. So I feel like she was in a way like a present character. Yeah. I mean, incredibly influential. Yeah. Um, I mean, can you think of any other comic book character that maintains as much of an impact uh, not only like you know the universe that they exist in but I, I don't know i guess like comic books as a whole like i can't really think of like a character like gene yeah yeah i can't yeah. think of a character like gene that's been like treated like i mean i think about you know famous comic book deaths like obviously the death of superman in the 90s that was a yeah. huge huge deal i mean it wasn't like superman embodied this cosmic force that caused him to kill a tremendous amount of people and then die I, you know it's just uh, the, the it's events, different yeah it's so different i think it gives more nuance to the phoenix and the and gene's deaths yeah and such yeah yeah i mean i think it's because she's not really like i was thinking like when stacy dying yeah when stacy dies it's like pure innocence yeah. like destroyed yeah when gene died it wasn't really pure innocence like in a way she'd like really been corrupted and oh, yeah. by like Dark Phoenix. And then even in like New X-Men when she dies, I mean, she was kind of like corrupted too, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I never, it's weird because it's like, well, yeah, she died, but like she was kind of not a great person too, in a way, in a weird way. Yeah. But you still like empathize with her. Oh, for sure. Because yeah. you know her, you've come to know her character. And I think that's what makes it so much more heartbreaking because like she's made mistakes and she's yeah. done terrible she's real. things. Yeah. She's, yeah, except, yeah, she's a real girl. <laughs> Stacy is not. She's too perfect. <laughs> she's too, she's not a real human being. I try to, what do you think Jean's body count is? I just try to look that up. That's really interesting though, to think about. Her body, like count? how many people she's killed. Yeah. Well, because also it's, I mean, remember Avengers versus X Men, that whole like Cyclops was right movement. Yes. And such. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I just like triggered you. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember people were like, but Jean killed like billions of people. And I'm like, yeah, but I love Jean. <laughs> like, I will defend her till the end. I love yeah. it because Jean's like, one moment she'll be like, oh my God, I have so much guilt. And the next she'll be like, everyone, please get over this. Like, it's not a big deal. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like she's at her most stable right now. Oh, Actually, for sure. I would say in X-Men Red. In Uncanny X-Men, no. Yeah. And not in this Age of X-Men stuff that's going on right now. What's going on there I, right now? I haven't... Ooh, you should read it. It's pretty yeah. good. It's so confusing, like the structure there they have. I think it's like so it we had like Age of X Men Alpha number one, and then Age of X Men Marvelous X Men number one. So I guess we have two. But it's like this weird alternate reality where it's like you can't be in like a relationship at all. Wait, like you what? can't. Ha- it's like it's a whole like the whole world is mutants but the only way they're able to like keep everyone a mutant is by like making babies and like test tubes and like inserting the x gene and then like incubating them and like growing them and then so like nobody is like in a family like you can't have you don't have like siblings or like parents or anything and like you can't like have like romantic relationships either because they don't want like random babies i guess so and then gene and bishop like have a relationship going on what? and they caught yeah i know it's what? crazy wait <laughs> i i was already shooketh by the premise of this story and now gene and bishop what yeah I know. I wasn't expecting it either, but I wasn't mad about it. Because I was like, I don't know if I want Jean to have like a romantic interest, but like, is it? Yeah, no, I totally agree. Jean, I just don't like Jean with anyone sometimes. Like, it just I, like I, bothers me. Either. I like her and Cyclops. Like, I, they have honestly, I know this is like going to be a super unpopular opinion, but let's do it. I've always felt like their relationship is like a little unnatural. Like, they just don't really, they seem like they just like worship each other and they're not like partners. I don't know. That sounds lame. I feel like they have like nothing 
in common. True. Like, I think about, like, what do they talk about, you know? I feel like she's a... Like, I feel like in, like, the context of, like, a real-life relationship, they're just, like, really comfortable with each other. It's, like, people that, they, they like, they've been dating for, like, a long time, and, like, neither of them want to break up because, like, they're just really comfortable with each other. Like, I feel like it's that type yeah. of relationship. I mean, in that, like, in New X-Men, I thought they did such a good job of literally just showing a relationship that's just, like, burnt out. Like, it's uh, not no that they, like, hate, Well, it's not like they, like, hate each other. They don't hate each other. It's just, like, no. they're just kind of, like, bored of each other. I find them pretty boring. But her bishop, why aren't you mad about it? Like, like, what's... Give me the deets. I mean, I think they were kind of cute. I mean, they don't do a lot of, like, build-up or anything. Okay. But it's, like, it's definitely... I mean, it's, like, it's pretty much just, like, a sexual relationship, I think. Ooh. Yeah. And I don't know. I just... I was, like, Jean, that's so saucy. Like, like... <laughs> It's a, oh, Jean, did not expect this from you. <laughs> it's a little saucy. I mean, it's it's no like Batman the Damned or whatever. Oh no my people. god! But you know, <laughs> Don't even get me started. We get. A, I think we get like a naked back. That was something. <gasps> no. Oh wow. Yeah. Wow, this is getting too explicit. I know, I know. It was a little sexually charged. <laughs> wow. But I mean, come on. She was dead for twelve years. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I thought you know it's like you've been gone for so long you've been living in this like 1950s reality where you probably don't have like I don't know like genitals and then you come into like <laughs> the real world and you're like yeah I'm gonna get some like <laughs> oh my god she was literally in an egg clearly I'm not over it <laughs> you shouldn't be it was stupid well, how do you feel about her and Logan um I like that scene I keep on mentioning New X-Men it's my favorite I love it I mean, New X-Men's awesome. Like, it is. Like, that scene where they're in, like, the woods, and she's, like, trying to put the Mac on, and he's like, no. But a monumental scene. Honestly, truly monumental, pivotal, legendary, innovative. I would like to see them, like, give it a shot, though. Yeah, right? You know, like, they never even try. I'm like, you know, I want to see y'all, like, give it a shot. And I want to see Scott in the corner, like, crying. Yeah, I mean... You just want to see Scott suffer, don't you? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> Can confirm, yes. <laughs> I think her and Logan have been will they or won't they for Jesus? How many decades? Too long. Too long. It's like, it's like Ross and Rachel, but just too much. Too much. Well, there's that Spider-Man Renew Your Vows. Did you read that? Series? No, I did not. Well, it got really stupid. But in the beginning, they have this because it's like an alternate reality. Yeah. They have this scene at the Xavier's Institute and Jean and Logan are married and they have like this adorable baby. And it's really cute. You see, that's the content I would like. Domestic bliss. I only like Scott and Jean when like in moments like Ensong and Resurrection you know, those like super emotional, like touching yeah, sequences. Yeah. You're like, okay, like I can empathize with this. And then when it's like, they're actually like together, I'm like, God damn it. Like, okay. I would not want to see them married with a kid. That just doesn't seem like no. a good story to me. Yeah, Logan, like, maybe. Cause I haven't seen it before. And I'm like, yeah. And I'll they're kind of saucy. Yeah, I, I like that like- Logan also is like, he's always like, I have to be the one to kill her. And I'm like, do you really though? It's like why? everyone's just so dramatic <laughs> maybe they might be explosive as a couple then because gene has a tendency to be very over dramatic and that's why i want to see this because it would literally be gene just constantly like going off like crazy because that's gene and you know logan also being crazy because he's the wolverine yeah i, I don't know i think nature. it could be kind of interesting i feel like they should like displace mr and mrs x with like gene and logan i thought that was a bold ass title I was like, wow. I, I don't think Rogue and Gambit are like deserving of the X title. Yeah. Yeah. I have Rogue a lot is, of thoughts about that series. Rogue is too like Avenger, but whatever. We haven't really talked about Uncanny 281 where the cop out death. 
where she transfers her consciousness. Yeah. To, yeah. I mean, not that we like need to talk about it, but it's like I just noticed that we haven't really talked about it. I don't know. Yeah, how it's a, I mean, it's a weird issue that nobody yeah. remembers. Yeah, I saw. Were you the one who made the reading list? Yeah. I kind of like it, though, because it's a really underwhelming moment. It's just some sentinels. They yeah. attack, And she's like, oh, man, this is too much. Like, and she just freaking dies. Like, you don't expect it at all. Because, And I like that because I feel like with Jean, we're always expecting that big, huge moment. Like, yeah. I don't know, like having a massive stroke via Magneto. Um, but in that one, it's like, it's just some sentinels. So it's kind of, it's kind of cool. Um, I mean, obviously, she doesn't die. Um and it's kind of cloudy, like how all that worked. They don't really explain it that well. Yeah. But I like it because it's like anytime like Jean and Emma are on the same panel, I'm like snapping because I love it. Their interactions <laughs> are amazing and so realistic. Yeah, um, totally agree. Yeah, yeah, I like I, that it was underwhelming. Yeah. And she even says like, it can't end like this. You know? Yeah. So it's like, well, dang. Like, too, like, <laughs> like, she's too, like, are you serious? <laughs> I'm way too over dramatic for this. Like, <laughs> Take a shot every time we talk about how dramatic she is <laughs> in this podcast. <laughs> I feel like people who don't, like, if you don't read a lot of Jean, yeah. you don't notice how dramatic she is. Yeah. But if you read, like, a ton of her stuff, you're like, oh my gosh, every time she shows up on panels, she's always, like, being like, this is my time to shine. <laughs> like, Yeah. Why do you think she's like, like, do you think she's gotten more like that over the years? Or do you think that that's just, like, why is she so dramatic? I think, Theatrical. I mean, the thing about, like, her deaths, like, I, I kind of yeah. said, like, why do authors like to do that? I mean, I think they know that she's, like, a dramatic character. And it's, I mean, it's working off of, like, a stereotype of her. Yeah. But I think she's gotten more dramatic with each death. She's like, oh, oh yeah, I'm back. Like... I mean, do you think it's partially like, I mean, she's obviously died and she understands the gravity of death and you never know, I, I guess with each death, it's not like she's expecting to die again and then come back again. So I think with each death, she's kind of like, I've really got to carpe diem this shit, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like really like season a, like got to save humanity. Like, you know, yeah. there's no time because you never know when you're going to go. Like, I, I wonder if that mentality is kind of part of it all. And like her tendency yeah. to, I mean, we keep talking about how she is an X-Men, right? I think because we just talked about it and also because it just came out. But her tendency to kind of take things on herself. And I think yeah, it's kind of, no, I she feels like it's her responsibility. Totally yeah. yeah. I think for her too, she's like, she's not super like self-protective, if that yeah. makes sense. Like she is willing to like go in and like, put it like you said like put it all on herself and i don't think she's not scared of dying like yeah because she's she's done it so many times before <laughs> it's just day in the office well, i think now she's scared of dying in like x-men red and yeah it's her like newest iteration and i think yeah. she says that and like phoenix resurrection like the phoenix is like you know you're gonna age and like die and your friends are gonna die and she's like yeah i know i'm sad but you know <laughs> Yeah, now wait, you said she you think she's a little bit afraid of death now or like doesn't want to die. Yeah, I think she's a little afraid of it. I think yeah. like she told the Phoenix to go so that she knows she doesn't have that like safety blanket that she had before of the Phoenix. Yeah. Well, I think also especially 
once again, take a shot every time we say X-Men Red. In regard to what <laughs> happened in X-Men Red, I think she also feels like there's so much left to do. Yes. You know, like there's so much that she feels responsible for in changing the world and having people accept mutants and protecting the universe. So I think I think she's afraid to die because she doesn't want to like fail her mission, her personal mission and have it yeah. end before it even begins. So true. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if she wants like any semblance of a normal life. Like after all of like her deaths and resurrections and stuff, I wonder if she yeah. ever thinks about like having a normal ass life. What would a normal life be for Jean Grey? Like how, cause she can't just. She can't. That's what I'm saying. Like I think she understands that too. Yeah, like, I think everyone's perception of what a conventional normal life would be is, like, I guess not being an X-Men, right? Like, I yeah. think it would be, like, settling down, having a dog, or, I don't know, getting married, get, having kids, whatever whatever makes one happy. Like, moving yeah. to the burbs, moving into, like, an apartment, making friends, like, going out on the weekends. Like, can you imagine Jean Grey <laughs> doing that? Like, no. <laughs> I think it's because, like, with every, like, death and resurrection, like, she's kind of come to this, like, realization that, like, yeah, like, I'm different. Like, yeah, this is not gonna, I'm never gonna be that normal kind of person. She's kind of like lost her humanity along the way and regained it as we have seen recently. Yeah. But if you take a character like Scarlet Witch, I love Scarlet Witch, she is always like thinking about like that normal life. And I think she's always yeah. thinking that it's like a possibility. Yeah. And she's like searching for it. Yeah. Jean. I don't think she's searching for it. I don't think she thinks it's like a possibility at all. Sounds like they should have a conversation. <laughs> like, listen, Wanda. Scarlet Witch is just a dumbass. Like, <laughs> like if, I, if I could talk to her, I'd be like, you're stupid. Like, you have so much power. You cannot be like a normal mom. Like, no. <laughs> you see, yeah, now she wants, yeah. Like, she really wants to normal life that she can't have but do you think Jean's sad about that like do you think she would rather have a normal life because I, I can't see her well I think it was really interesting because with Age of X-Men yeah it's the world is really like it's close to perfection so they don't like the X-Men don't have that much to do <laughs> Like they kind of, they literally have these nice houses and they just sit around their houses. Jean's always like, you know, practicing her telekinesis as if she needs to. And <laughs> what new thing can you learn? Like Jean, like. <laughs> I love those scenes where she's always like taking apart a car, putting it back together. I'm like, you've done this so many times, <laughs> but whatever. I think with her, it's like Age of X-Men showing her with like Bishop, even though it's yeah. like illegal. The fact that she's like willing to push like the boundaries of the law just to have this relationship i yeah. think it does show something i think it's like she definitely has she she puts a lot on her relationships and she puts a lot on like romantic relationships too yeah which i think we've yeah. seen in comics well i guess it's like a marker of her humanity too that for sure she's yeah regained since this last death and just in general i mean which she didn't have a new x-men honestly yeah we've definitely established that that's crazy because like i i i always when i read new x-men i read it with that lens where it's like gene is definitely a fiercer character i guess to yeah put it nicely but it's interesting that i guess next time i read it i'm gonna you know put on that other lens where you know what traces of humanity are present in new x-men if there are any um so that's a really interesting perspective that i didn't really have before um the fact that she saves Emma is yeah. kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, because she could have easily let her die. As Thank know. God she didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag love Emma. <laughs> and Emma wouldn't come back. She'd just die. <laughs> <laughs> Forever. <laughs>
Okay, it's like slightly off topic, but like I read the end of Extermination where Cyclops comes back. I guess this is not very off topic. Okay. The end of Extermination featured the return of Cyclops. Yes. Right. Quick question that we may edit out. Okay, so like has anything happened after that? Because I've been kind of yes. behind on my X-Men. Oh wait, what's happened? Yeah, Scott's back. So it's like all the X-Men disappeared and or at least like most of them. And they went to the age of X-Men alternate reality and then scott just like he's he's back <laughs> he back tiny cable little cable he like did some weird stuff it, they yeah. explain it in uncanny but it literally doesn't make any sense and it is so stupid it's like he put this little like machine and like cyclops's dead body so that in phoenix resurrection when the phoenix resurrects scott for like a minute yeah it like shocked his body back and it, he Wait. i don't know Wait, it's really weird. Wait, like, Read it. I'm not even going to ask you to explain because I have so many questions. <laughs> wait, so Yeah, it literally, no, I mean, I read it and I was like, this is dumb and doesn't make any sense, but whatever, yeah. Matthew Rosenberg. <laughs> it's cool, whatever. Because I was going to ask how her interactions with Scott were going to be, but I don't know if that already happened. No, they haven't happened yet. Oh, really? Okay. When he came, Tiny Cable wouldn't let him go fight. Tiny Cable. <laughs> <laughs> Can you make that his official name? Tiny Cable. That's what I call him in my reviews because I can't stand him. He's <laughs> so it. annoying. He's somehow more annoying than the normal cable, which I didn't know was possible. But he wouldn't let Scott go talk to Gene. And then Gene disappeared with all the other X-Men. Oh. So they haven't had like that sit-down convo yet, but I'm excited for it. Yeah, what do you think that's going to be like? I don't know. I want to see a sit-down convo with Gene and Logan, too. Really bad. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, because she talked to old man Logan in mm-hmm. Resurrection. I did like... that. Was I did like in Resurrection how... Old man Logan was the one who went into the diner and was like, I love to talk to her. I, yeah, yeah. those a few high points of resurrection, but that was definitely one of them. Yeah, that was really cute. Yeah, no, I loved that. I mean, I think I do want to see both characters interact with Gene. I mean, just, yeah. I mean, like whether or not you like them, whether or not you think that they're, you know, compatible or really relevant. They gotta talk. Yeah. They gotta talk. Like they have, they've had an impact on their respective, you know, histories together and for sure their other comic book career or history. Um, but yeah, I think I'd rather see her talk to Logan. But I am curious to see how that conversation goes with Cyclops. I mean, they yeah. were both dead. So Cyclops was dead, right? It wasn't like this whole thing where, yeah. like, okay. He was dead. I wonder how that's going to affect him. Yeah. How that'll I affect his relationship with Gene. Yeah. And now Emma, too. Also- knows the deep abyss of death yeah i don't know where emma is right now well i know she's the black queen of the hellfire club yeah or black king sorry she didn't she did she's not black queen that's Jean. but she needs like a solo series emma yeah oh she's only had one right yeah I, and so, that seems weird i feel that's like she should have another one that's wild oh yeah i agree i would love to see an emma solo series i remember when x and black started doing their thing i thought it was going to be more like issues with i wonder if that was like a tester to see like what got the most reception i guess like what people like the most i don't know maybe they'll people, like went nuts over the mystique one i know a lot of people liked the mystique one and i loved it too it was awesome and a yeah. mystique solo series would be chill yeah i think that'd be cool Hot mojo her solo series was okay yeah like, way back when yeah way back when i feel like they're gonna give cyclops and june like a big reunion moment Right. Like, oh, yeah. I feel like that's inevitable. And I might like be rolling my eyes or it'll be really emotional. I don't know. <laughs> I would love to see this. I think both of them are going to be like, yeah, we're just like, we've outgrown each other. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm expecting. Yeah. Or he's going to like walk in on her and Bishop and then it's going to be like this whole Ooh. thing. That'd be wild. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree. I think Jean's a totally different person now. Yeah. Like, 
you know, I think totally different. And I agree. I think they have outgrown each other. I'll be, I'll be a little annoyed if they just kind of like jump back into like a relationship or something. Cause I just feel like it's been way too long and too yeah. much has happened that can like facilitate that. I know she like actually wanted him and Emma to get together, but yeah, kind of, it's kind of weird, you know, like, yeah, I dated someone for like 10 years, like while I was dead, like, <laughs> <laughs> like you can't I mean, jump was, back from that. Yeah, I, exactly. I mean, she just wanted him to be happy. Right. Like, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like she's, I mean, she's jelly. Like, she's a little jealous. <laughs> I mean, that's human, right? That's another human aspect of Gene. Yeah, for sure. And maybe also, like, well, I guess, like, Gene's humanity and the Phoenix, like, mixed. And that's what we learned about in, like, in song. Um, yeah, how the Phoenix can even, can have, like, a semblance of humanity. Yeah, but then Matthew Rosenberg just said, nope. And we wrote <laughs> all of that. Cool. Yeah, I think we, we alluded to this. I did not like Jean's goodbye to the Phoenix. I just thought it was all too simple. It was way too simple. Yeah. It's been a part of her for so long. And it's one yeah. of the only like consistent things about her character for many years. Yeah. Like it's what brought her back to life numerous times. It's honestly what killed her numerous times. And yeah, I mean, it's, it was just like, okay, bye. Like, um, yeah, I mean, no. Where is it now? It looked like it almost like died out and became like an ember, but I, I don't like what, what happened? What happened? To, where's the Phoenix? It's just lurking. I don't know. Right now it's like War of the Realms is going on. So I don't think we'll see Phoenix for a little bit. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, Which I'm definitely okay with that. <laughs> we clearly have a lot of thoughts about Phoenix Resurrection. I like Matthew Rosenberg. Like I like yeah. things that he's done for sure. Yeah, I like Matthew Rosenberg. I thought his work in Uncanny was uncanny. It was really good. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he knows his X-Men too. Like, he really he does. does. Yeah. Did he do Astonishing? Like, the number 13 on with Tabak? Maybe wrote some of that. And I read, like, one issue, and then I was like, no, Greg Land, I can only read so much. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I got he's check. better than other times. He's, like... I Greg like, Land? yeah. Like, Insong wasn't terrible. I know with, like, Phoenix Resurrection, we didn't really care for a lot of the points. But, I mean, I feel like Matthew Rosenberg, he was really creative with it. And he was probably working in some pretty harsh guidelines that Marvel had oh, of stuff that they wanted to happen. Yeah. So I don't feel like I can really blame him too much. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine the pressure that was associated with bringing back Gene Grey. And like yeah. you said, the stipulations that Marvel kind of set in place. And especially when they definitely had X-Men Red lined up. Yeah. No, they had it ready. Like, <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, they marketed this as like the return of Jean Grey, like a comic book event, but it was clearly like, just wait till X-Men Red. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about her like X-Men Red uniform? I liked it. Wait, like the headgear? Yeah. I was into it. Yeah. Do you have like mixed feelings about it? I don't like that it's red. It just, I don't know. It's oh. not super flattering. Oh, I got you. Oh, like the... Like the red part. Yeah. Because I just don't okay. feel like someone with like red hair should wear red. Well, maybe that's why they made her hair orange in that's, X-Men Red. Well, I'm not going to lie. That's probably why. Because the colorist was like, you can't wow. have a red suit and red hair. It would look weird. Like... Oh, wow. Okay, I see this now because I have, like, a page <laughs> pulled up from, like, X-Men Era number one. And, like, okay, the funny thing is, it's, like, I for, kind of forgot what the bottom half of her costume looked like because, like, usually, like, the top half is what you see in the panel. Yeah, if her hair was properly colored, that would have clashed. Yeah, it would look really weird. So... Yeah, yeah it makes me mad. Okay. I think it could have gone with, like, black or something. Well, black would have been so cool. Yeah. Very sleek. Yeah. The main thing I like about the X-Men Red costume was the headgear. 
I just remember seeing like yeah. the cover for the first issue coming out and I was like, that looks so freaking cool. Freaking Jean Grey 90s. Yeah. I mean, everyone loves that. Like that's oh, the yeah. classic costume. Yeah. It's like, can I cosplay this? <laughs> I would be like so Jean. hard. To, it like, would be. Make it. Yeah. It'd be and fun. I was thinking like going to a con in like the summer, that would be so freaking hot. But um, yeah, I like it. I mean, what, what is yeah. your favorite like Jean look? I loved her freaking black turtleneck and trench coat look in New X-Men. Yeah. It's just oh, so yeah. like, oh, it's so good. Yeah. I mean, I it, like it the, the like, vibe casual. too. Oh, such a vibe. Such an aesthetic. Such vibe. How about the Marvel girl costume? I mean, that's... Yeah, I like it. <laughs> How we've been talking about like with each death, you know, she, she would usually get a different costume. Yeah. And I think after like, she totally outgrew that Marvel girl look you know I mean, can you imagine she was no longer now? marvel girl in age of x-men yeah she's wearing is that what you're talking about wait is she wearing that in age of x-men like a variation of it yeah yeah it's interesting to think about the fact uh, we we're talking about what the true definitive jean gray is at least in our opinion and it's just interesting to think about the fact that like i mean this character has been around for decades upon decades and you can't help but think about how many writers have written for her and yeah. how each writer has had a different definition of who they believe Jean Grey to be. Yeah. So, you know, like we can think like, oh, like this to me was my favorite Jean Grey. I thought the most definitive Jean Grey, but I don't, does, is like, does that definitive character exist or is there like one, like, is there one common aspect that is shared by every characterization of Jean or does that not exist or is Jean just a continuously evolving character hmm. that we just that That's you know a Jean question you know like Jean may not be the same today she may not be the same that she was back in the 60s but you know there's a reason why we still follow her and why we still love her character and is it because of that evolution or is it you know because yeah. it's like one's aspect of her character that's remained consistent that we admire or relate to i mean i think she does evolve more than most comic book characters do and i think it's because of like all of her deaths with each like resurrection like you said like she gets a new writer and they kind of want to do their own thing with her yeah. character and they can because she's kind of a new kind of character with each death and resurrection yeah i think her her passion is always something that she has regardless of like which iteration she is yeah even in new x-men when she's kind of like i don't know losing parts of her humanity i feel like she does still have a lot of passion yeah and she's very fiery uh, obviously but i mean in like in x-factor she has a lot of like passion for just helping mutant like helping mutant kind yeah like she does in X-Men Red. She has more like hope and passion than than a lot of characters do. Yeah. I find the fact that her character has evolved so much only makes her more of an authentic and relatable character. Yeah. I love Batman, right? And I do think that he's the type of character who maintains some of the traits that define Batman and like those traits don't change. Yeah. There's a lot of aspects about him that remain the same and that that's not a bad thing. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Like I'm, he's still one of my favorite comic book characters, but I think... With Jean, her evolution is just really authentic. You know, yeah. like no one stays the same in their life. I mean, and I can imagine like dying multiple times, like that would obviously have an effect on you. But I agree. I do think her passion is something that's remained consistent. And I think she's always had this very, I, I do think she's been consistently an empathetic character. I think she shares an empathy for humanity um, in most cases. <laughs> um, no, but, yeah, she's incredibly you know, empathetic. Yeah, and I, I think that's remained consistent. But I do think there the fact that she has evolved and the fact that various... I mean, she's such a dynamic character that when different writers come on board to develop her character and their interpretations, 
you're going to get something new. And I, I really like that. I, I think that's just inevitable with her character and how many times your character has evolved. But I, I think that's something that everyone can identify with because that's such a natural, it's a human process, right? Like changing, yeah. evolving um, in, in regard to what's happened in your life. So I think that's a, I think that's like one of the reasons why people admire her is because she's such a dynamic character and more dynamic than most. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, we talked about how, I mean, I can't really think of a character that's similar to Jean in regard to what she's experienced in comics and, you know, her evolution. Yeah, she's definitely evolved, which, like you said, like, it is very relatable how she's changed in over the years because no one stays the same. I think, yeah, yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> I'm skimming Age of X-Men right now just to get a look at her costume and... The art is very interesting. Are you looking at Age of X-Men Alpha? Alpha, yeah. yeah. I <laughs> liked it. It's, it's like, it, when you read it, because it kind of makes sense because it's like this 1950s, like, nostalgic oh, okay. era. So the, yeah. like, weird design and stuff kind of kind of makes sense. Oh, wow. Her and Bishop has touched hands. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, they're kissing. Okay, I need to actually read this. Okay, wow. How do you feel about her hair in this? Um, It's okay. Okay, yeah, it's a little on the yeah. orange side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and her costume definitely is a throwback. I kind of like it, though. I feel like this, like, the latest resurrection of Jean is definitely... I feel like everyone who's been writing for Jean and drawing for Jean, they definitely want to distinguish her from the Phoenix right now. Like, I feel like that's definitely a, a goal, or at least an objective, is definitely bring Jean back to her roots and yeah. capacity, um, which I like. Yeah, with that costume, I mean, that's really saying, like, this is not the Phoenix, like... <laughs> and Nightcrawler doesn't have his beard anymore. He's like a movie star in he Age is? of X-Men. Yeah. Well, yeah, I really need to read <laughs> it's, that. It's too. strange, you know. I like that they're trying, though. I love alternate realities. I think they're really fun. Yeah. I mean, it gives you so much freedom, right, as a writer. Yeah. And I'm like, DC, like, killed it with, like, DC bombshells. Yeah. And that was totally just, like, crazy. Like, we're going to do whatever we want. Yeah. And I don't know why Marvel doesn't hop on that boat and do the same thing. I'd love to see like a weird version of the X-Men that d has nothing to do with like the actual timeline. I think they're going to be careful and not let her die again. I don't see her dying anytime soon because that would just be like ridiculous. Yeah. Like that seriously. Would be very silly. They put so much work into getting her back. Yeah. I don't see it happening for like years. Yeah. Like maybe like a decade. I think some characters who like never die need to die, you know? Like like who? I would say like Rogue. She's always Ooh. kicking, you know? Yeah. Oh, I feel like she's, she's always like, headlining. Yeah, there is a cop-out death in Mr. and Mrs. X. But like, obviously she, like, yeah. So like basically Sandra, Xavier, Lelandra's daughter, basically created this illusion where her and Rogue were killed. So the end of the issue was like, oh shit, Rogue is dead. But like he knew she wasn't dead because of, series is literally called Mr. and Mrs. X and it was only on issue four. So you're like, okay, this is very anticlimactic because I know she's not dead. And then literally it was like, just kidding, it was an illusion. Rogue <laughs> is alive. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ. But yeah, that would be interesting, especially with like her and Gambit is getting married and like her, that would make Mr. and Mrs. X much more interesting. That would make it, and then they were like, it's just Mr. X. <laughs> that would be so funny though. If like they did like a cop out death like that and everyone was like, yeah. oh, like she's not actually dead. And then they were like, no, she's dead. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if only, I mean, like, I love only. Kelly Thompson. Like I do, like I, I yeah, know, like, hey, I just think the series has kind of fallen off. Like I think it started off kind of fun, but they brought Deadpool in and stuff. Um, and even the Xander reveal, I was like, okay, this is interesting. And then, like, nothing really came out of that. So now I'm like, okay. Yeah. They brought back, like, Gambit's, like, first wife. Oh, like, 
Belladonna or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah she's in it weird. now. Yeah, so I digress. Anyway, Jean. Jean doesn't deserve to die again. Please, Marvel. Jean deserves more. What do you think Jean deserves? Like in this this new, in this rebirth, this latest rebirth, rebirth number 762. I think she deserves just a place as like, this is the Jean I want. The Jean I want is like a nice professor at Xavier's. Yeah. And she's yeah. just like doing what she likes, which is like teaching and like, being a decent person who's not possessed by a cosmic force, maybe dating Logan, but like obviously like dominating in that relationship. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd like to see Jean just like in a comfortable place. I think not necessarily living a normal life because like she can't, but I'd like to see her at least like comfortable because I don't think she's been comfortable yet. Like she came like right off like resurrection and was like, bam, I'm going to like take down Cassandra Nova. Like, and she did, but like, I don't know. She needs like some, just some normal time. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like for Jean Grey, that sounds like a relatively normal life. Like, I think that's as normal as it can yeah, get for like still like, like still fighting like as an ex-man, but like, yeah. I don't know, just a little more like, like I loved in New X-Men how they're just like, they're teach like they're teachers, but yeah. also X-Men and shows yeah. like, that like balanced lifestyle yeah 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 come to think of it like coming back from the dead and having to fight cassandra nova that's like a lot that's a big responsibility <laughs> to walk into when you, it's like i just got back from the dead i just like want to take a vacation and like chill for a bit and like come back and you fight some petty crime and then maybe take on a big boss but like no <laughs> and she literally took on the big boss who like almost killed her before yeah. she died where is cassandra now did they ever say where she's at because she ain't dead no she's like a decent person i think maybe remember i don't know yeah. if that's actually gonna they, like, happen gave her empathy we'll yeah. see how that goes <laughs> we obviously don't trust cassandra <laughs> <laughs> i agree i like seeing them the x-men as teachers too because i think that gives them cool extra facet on their characters too you know it's like yeah they're, they're not just superheroes yeah, exactly. They have a day job in a way. It's in addition to being a superhero. But I wonder if there's gonna be a point where it's like where we might think that gets repetitive and it's like, okay, like, you know, where's the Phoenix at? <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely sure that we will yeah. get to the point. I do want something big to happen to her, but I want it to not be the Phoenix. So something new. Yeah, something a little unexpected. I agree. Yeah, I think um maybe her hair go from orange to red or something like that. <laughs> she goes blonde. Oh my god. <laughs> That would be awesome. I think that'd be like the most controversial thing that Marvel could do. <laughs> It'd be like a pure like Black Widow moment. Yeah, honestly. Long eyebrows too. Never asked for. <laughs> for reason, God. Wait, are you talking about Black Widow? Are you bitter? About her hair in the movie? Yeah, yeah. I was like, what the hell? This is so stupid. Like, I know you were on the run or whatever. You had to dye your hair. But like, the eyebrows, really? Like, yeah, too much. that was gross. I miss her hair in Iron Man too. I thought that was like... Peak hair moment. Agreed. Right? yeah so good like, that's that is black widow like black widow without red hair just not really black widow it's like black widow without the red hair and without a russian accent is it okay black widow? i was gonna say that i was like i could do the whole not russian accent thing was like okay fine yeah whatever but you just i don't know she does like a decent job i just never felt like she was like the black widow from the comics and that's partly like who like they cast but also like the writing yeah no i agree i'm curious to see how the solo film goes yeah i you know it's funny so i mean you probably know emily blunt was cast initially really oh Wait, wow yeah. that's yeah I, I was I so lit because yeah like I, I love emily blunt like she's she's like one of my favorite actresses so i i always wonder what it would have been like with her yeah that would have been very different yeah and 
yeah, I don't know. Like Emily Blunt, red hair, Russian accent, maybe. Like I think that would have been really, really cool and like keep Black Widow. I mean, I like Scarlett yeah. Johansson as Black Widow, like you said. But again, I'm curious to see if the movie kind of gives us more of that Natasha Romanoff that we don't really see in the films. Yeah. Well, we obviously have enough to talk about for our Black Widow episode. <laughs> I'm so pumped for that. That's- I have been like binging all of her solo series. Yeah. I really liked them. As everyone seems to around Jean, her deaths and resurrections bring up a lot of hot emotions for people, good, bad, in between. I'm sure everyone listening has their own thoughts and feelings. Comment below. Let us know what you're thinking. Because in the end, we all hopefully love Jean. And that's, yeah. why, that's why we feel so strongly about all these deaths and subsequent resurrections. I think that's why people get angry and say like, oh, all of these deaths are like cop-outs yeah. because they want... But when you really break it down, it's like, well, even if the original death was a cop-out, what yeah. happened afterwards and how her character developed yeah. is not a cop-out, I think. Couldn't agree more. So thank you guys for listening for more podcasts like this one because we definitely have more about Jean Grey. Check us out at commentsverse.com for more podcasts, articles, interviews, and everything comic book Thanks for listening. Bye.